0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: God can outdo anything you can imagine Him doing. So imagine big, think big, ask big, pray big, because we got a big God. And you know, it honors God when we think big because it puts everything in perspective of who He is. He's the God who knows our hearts, reads our minds, and can go far beyond anything we could ever imagine Him doing.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, in a message titled, God is Able. Now, here's Pastor Brian. We're
1: going to go back and revisit this passage once again. We looked at the passage previously, but I want to just zero in this morning on really the 20th verse and talk specifically about prayer. Do we realize the privilege that we have in prayer? Do we realize the power? that we have in prayer. I don't know about you, but, you know, there are times, and especially in these days, where I I feel so powerless. I feel so uh, overwhelmed sometimes by the insanity that is in the world all around us. And you just think, Lord, what can we do about this? And, you know, in some senses, what what can we do? Uh, Politicians seem to be undecided, about so many things and uh, not really wanting to take a strong stand in certain areas. So what, what can we do? Well, here's the good news. We can pray. And don't underestimate the effectiveness of prayer, the power of prayer. And we find that all through the scriptures, that's the exhortation that's given to us as God's people. We can impact our world dramatically through prayer. And yet, isn't it true that so often we just don't pray? We just, instead of praying, so often we lose heart. We get just so discouraged and we think, well, well what's the use? But we've got to remember that not only is prayer our great privilege, but we've also got to remember that there is great power In prayer. And that's what Paul reminds us of here in verse 20, where he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond, above all that we can ask or think. And so here in this verse, God's uh, ability to answer prayer is forcefully stated by the Apostle Paul. God is able. That's our theme for our message this morning. Our God is able. And we need to be encouraged in that. And so let's just sort of break down the verse. He is able because, of course, the obvious assumption here is that he is. He's the living God. Some people would deny that there's even a God they would say that there's, there's no strong evidence for the existence of God. I beg to differ. I think that there's much stronger evidence for the existence of God than there is for the idea that there is no God. Richard Dawkins got himself in all kinds of trouble uh, when he suggested that it would be immoral not to a- abort a Down syndrome child. And suddenly this person who you know, has a lot of popularity in the culture because of his views, he suddenly, you know, is, is seen for what he really believes. And, and he believes that it would be immoral to bring a Down syndrome baby into this world. But is there anybody in their right mind that agrees with that? But that's the mentality of atheism. That's where atheism ultimately leads you, because atheism ultimately says that life is meaningless. There is really no purpose to life. There really is no right. There really is no wrong. Dawkins knows that. But of course, we believe that there is a God. And with good reason. And he's the living God. He's far from dead. He's the living God, and he is active. He's at work in the world today. He has been at work throughout the ages. And that same God who has worked in time past... Is, is working in the world today. Over the past few weeks in my own devotional time and reading, I just felt led uh, to read over the prophetic passages that, that have to do with the end times. So I read uh, Ezekiel 37 through 39, and then I went and I read the book of Daniel. Well, actually, it all started by reading the book of Revelation. And as I'm reading through these prophetic books, I'm just marveling at how, how precise everything is, how absolutely accurate it is, how what the prophet said hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, in some cases, we're seeing it happen right before our very eyes today. God is at work. He's at work on the scale of, of working in the lives of individual people. He's at work on the scale of working uh, in the midst of nations. Our God is the living God. He's the active God. He is able because he's not weak or feeble, but he's all-powerful. Do we realize that? God is not weak. And again, the scriptures remind us over and over there. Sometimes we act like God is powerless. We look at a situation. We just think, oh, Lord, I don't know if you could really do anything about this. It just seems so uh, insurmountable well what might be insurmountable to us certainly is not to God and once again over and over the the scriptures remind us of that I think of the 40th chapter of Isaiah I love that chapter because it's a reminder to people who forgot how powerful God really was it's a reminder to them of his power And the Lord speaking to the prophet says, have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint. He's not weary. There's no searching his understanding. His power is limitless. God is able because he's not weak. He's powerful. He spoke the universe into existence. He holds all things together by his own word presently, and he is orchestrating history. He is the one who's told us in advance how things are going to go, and we're seeing that develop right before our eyes. He's not dead, he's not weak, and know this, he's not indifferent. You see, some people would agree, well, I guess there is a God, and some people would even say, well, he's a powerful God, but he doesn't seem to care. But he does care. And he's shown us over and over that he cares. And of course, the ultimate demonstration of his care for us is in the fact that he sent his son into the world. He wasn't indifferent toward our plight. He wasn't indifferent toward. Our sin and, and the things that are destroying our lives. No, he wasn't indifferent at all. He came into the world. And he's not indifferent today. He's not indifferent to you and your particular struggle, your difficulty. But isn't it true that sometimes we pray and we feel like he is indifferent? It seems like he doesn't really respond, it seems like he doesn't really do what we're asking him to do. And because things don't go the way we've been asking God for them to go, we assume that, well, he must must not care about that. But you know, the truth of the matter is we don't know everything. Even though sometimes we can't see exactly what he's doing by faith, we trust that he is doing something. And in time, we will see more clearly just what that is. So he's able because he is. He's the living God. He's the powerful God. And he's the caring God. Secondly, he is able because he hears our cries. He knows our hearts. And he reads our minds. God knows. Those cries that we vocalized to him he hears those he hears our prayers but he even knows the deep things down in our hearts he even knows what's in our minds god knows our thoughts god knows our thoughts before we think them and remember what the apostle is saying here he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think the word think here you could translate it imagine imagine Do you know God is able to do more than you can even imagine him doing? Now, I can imagine God doing some pretty spectacular things. But you know, he's able to do more than we can even imagine. And he knows the things that we imagine. Do you ever have holy imaginations? Or you might call them holy fantasies. And you can fantasize about a lot of things. Most of them probably would be a waste of time. But you know, you can fantasize about spiritual things. You could imagine God doing a great thing. You know, I can imagine God pouring out his spirit in a great way. And the wonderful thing is to know that he can do exceeding abundantly above everything that I can imagine. So it's possible. And whatever the situation is that you're thinking about or whatever the the crisis is that you might be in or the difficulty that you're facing, know this, God can do more than you can even imagine him doing in this situation. I just experienced the, the realization of this again to see all that God has done over these years. You know, I never would have imagined, or it was far more than I could have ever imagined, when we first embarked over into Eastern Europe and we first landed there in those little villages of what was then Yugoslavia. And as we went into one of the cities there and we began to share the gospel with just a handful of teenagers, maybe a dozen teenagers, and they came to Christ I would have never dreamed back then, although I would love to see it, I would have never imagined the extent of the work that God would do. That now we have some 200 churches in the area. And all of these young people that came to Christ back in those days, they're all leaders in the churches today. Amazing the things that God will do. As we were starting the the leadership conference in Austria, the Sunday evening, I gave a little bit of an introduction. People are traveling in from all over the place, and so uh, it's a night where you just sort of have a time of worship and prayer, and then just a brief word of encouragement. So I decided to share a little bit with everybody on the history of the castle there in Milstadt, Austria. And how the Lord opened the door for us to purchase that. Pastor Chuck purchased that back in 1987. And then how the Lord opened the door for Cheryl and I to go over and visit in 1989. And how we met this young couple. And how that was the entrance into the ministry in Eastern Europe. But anyway, as I was telling them the story, kind of the history of what God had done through the place mike harris some of you know mike and mike was the first missionary really that we sent into that part of the world and so i asked mike because he had just come back from a conference in subatita 24 years later he's now back in that place where as an 18 year old he was on the streets with his guitar and his bible preaching the gospel and seeing hundreds of young kids give their life to christ so he we went back now, 24 years later, to do a conference. And so he came back uh, through Austria, and I said, Mike, just why don't you share with everybody what God's doing in Subotica today, 24 years later. And he got up and he began to tell how, as, as a young person here, he had always heard the stories of the great outpouring of God's spirit that happened back in the 60s and 70s, but he, he missed it because he wasn't born yet. But he, but he would hear those stories and he would think, oh, God, I would love to experience something like that. Oh, that's just something that would be so wonderful. And then he proceeded to say, you know, he realizes now looking back that that's the exact same thing that he uh, did experience when he was there in Eastern Europe those years ago. He realizes now with hindsight that he was living in one of those great outpourings of the spirit of God. And so listening to what Mike said there and knowing that God used me to be the one to initially go through that door, this is my very thought, Lord, you have exceeded our wildest expectations. You have gone far above and beyond anything that we had ever imagined. So my point is this, God can outdo anything you can imagine him doing. So imagine big, think big, ask big, pray big, because we got a big God. And you know, it honors God when we think big, because it, it puts everything in perspective of who he is. Our God is the God of, uh, of heaven and earth. He's the God who rules all things. He's the God who knows our hearts, reads our minds, and can go far beyond anything we could ever imagine him doing. So imagine big. Think big. Pray big. Ask God to work. You know, we need a big work of God today, don't we? We are in desperate need. In this nation, we're in desperate need. In our state, we're in desperate need. Around the world, there's a massive need. And guess what we can do? We can ask him, the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. And the word here could even be translated, and this is my third point, he is able because he is a God of superabundance. He's able to do infinitely more, infinitely more. we can ask or think. If that's the case, since that's the case, why is it that we are so passive oftentimes spiritually? Why is it that we are so hesitant to think big or to ask big or to believe God to do something? We shouldn't be because he can do infinitely more than we can ever ask or think. And so I wanna leave you this morning with this simple encouragement. Let's believe that God is, let's believe that he's powerful, let's believe that he cares, let's believe that he does hear our prayers, that he knows what's in our heart of hearts, that he knows the things that are there in our minds, and that he can do infinitely more than any of that. And let's do what the Bible tells us to do. Let's ask him. I want to pray more. I want to ask bigger. I want to see God do beyond what we could even think, that he would fill the churches with tens of thousands of people, that he would save young and old and people in between. That's what we're to do. That's the business that is our business. That's what we are to be about because we have this amazing privilege and we have this unbelievable power to effect radical change in the earth. We can change things by asking God to change things. He's given us that privilege. He's given us that calling. He's given us that opportunity. And whether it be things in the the bigger picture, you know, we have um, friends who uh, went to northern Iraq as missionaries. And, and these guys have an amazing track record of being led by the Spirit of God and God using them significantly. They, to, they went to a particular Muslim country, planted two churches with uh, several hundred people in these churches coming out of Islamic backgrounds, and God used them powerfully. Then they were kicked out of the country by the government. They weren't allowed back in. And so for a long season, they've just been sort of in a, in a place where they've been seeking the Lord and praying, and they really felt inclined and impressed by the Lord that northern Iraq is where they were to go. But it wasn't a week that they had been in the country when they got word that ISIS was attacking the city that they were living in. And they had to flee their children themselves they had to flee they had to get out of the country they miraculously got out of the country and they're now in a in a neutral place and yet they're they're waiting for the door to reopen to go back because they are convinced that God has called them there and we look at that situation over there and think God what is going on it's crazy and you know I'm thinking about this couple I'm thinking Lord you called them there and then no sooner did they get there they had to leave But, you know, could it be that God is even preparing the hearts of people more to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus, the God who dies for you, rather than the God who wants to kill you, according to his followers? And it very well could be that. But I'm looking at that whole situation, and I'm thinking, Lord, what can I do about this? I'm just one person. What can I do? And guess what I can do? I can pray. And you can pray, and we can pray, and we can ask God to work and to intervene and to do things that don't even seem doable. But of course, with God, nothing is impossible. He can do it. He's the God who is working. He's working collectively through us as the church. He's working in the world, in the bigger picture. But you know what? Maybe today it's more personal for you. Maybe it's just in your own life, okay? All of these problems are going on in the world. I get that, but I've got my own problems. I've got my own struggles. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. All of these things. People are battling with all of these things. God is able. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So let's ask in confidence, knowing that God is going to work. We don't know exactly how he's going to work. And in some, some ways, you know, he, he will be working, but we won't be able to see it clearly maybe at this point, but we'll see it a bit further down the road. But by faith, we just say, you know, we're praying, we're trusting. And because we're doing that, we believe that God is working. You know, sometimes in your own personal life, you're in the middle of this crisis and you're crying out to God and you feel like, God, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you intervening? Why aren't you changing the situation? But he is. He's just doing it differently than you thought he would. And just give it time. Just trust him. Don't give up. Don't lose heart because the Bible reminds us that in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Do not grow weary while doing good. Do not grow weary in your waiting for the Lord. Do not grow weary in your crying out to him. Keep on doing that. Because in due season, in other words, in God's timing, we will reap. God will answer. And there will be for us that sense that, yes, Lord, you came through. This is what you did. It's not what I thought you were going to do. It wasn't even what I was asking you to do. But now that I see what you did, it's better than I could have imagined. Because you can do exceedingly abundantly and infinitely beyond anything that we can ask or think.
0: And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There are certain Christian books that we would refer to today
1: as classics, books that have just stood the test of time and generation after generation of Christians have benefited from them. There is a book that is recently published called Gentle and Lowly, written by Dane Ortland. And, you know, many people are already saying that this is a Christian classic. Now, Gentle and Lowly is taken from the passage in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says of himself that he is gentle and lowly in heart. And so this book is looking at Jesus through that lens, and we're going to find out that Jesus is much more gracious, much more patient, much more loving than we ever imagined him to be. So, this is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it, especially for anyone who has a tendency to feel like they failed God, they've let him down, or you're not sure about God's love for you. This book is going to, I think, forever give you the right perspective on the heart of Jesus for his children. So, check it out, Gentle and lowly, the heart of
0: Christ for sinners and sufferers by Dane Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Gentle and lowly, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers by Dane Ortland. You can order the book Gentle and lowly by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God.